Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello, and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast where we talk about the Doom Patrol a lot, and we're going to do that soon, right now. Actually, <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarv. You can uh, find us at WaitingForDoom.com and you can email us at WaitingForDoom at gmail.com. You can also check out the Waiting for Doom Facebook page and all of our episodes are available on iTunes, Situatu, Podbean.com and Spotify. And I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at Reading underscore Hicks. And we also have a sentient show Twitter account called Wilfred at WFDPod. Hey, Wilfred. Hello, and this week we're looking at a brand new issue of Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds, issue four. Woo-hoo! But before we get into that, Mike, how has your week in stuff been? Your comic week or your non-comic week, depending on which horse you were riding? <laughs> I rode two horses in your face. <laughs> In your face, mister. Don't ride forces in my face. That's mean. (laughs) I played some miniatures. I painted some miniatures. And I read some comics. I read a bunch of comics. Uh, Some Animosity. Some Ascender. I still love that. I still contend that it's one of the most gorgeous comic books ever. Um, I actually read part one of Legion of Superheroes Millennium. Ooh. And have you ever seen Arrested Development? Uh, Yes, yes. Yes. Um, I had a reaction... Uh, similar to Millennium, that often popped up in Arrested Development, and that reaction being her, because huh? her, because yep. uh, um, Rose and Thorn. I was like, oh, uh, okay. I knew very little of her. I still don't know that much about her, but I thought she was an interesting choice for the now immortal character, leading us up to the time of the Legion. So um, yeah. Yeah, That's new and interesting, isn't it? Yes, I, I would have liked a little bit more Legion in uh, that first issue, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure we'll get there. And uh, issue 42 of Black Science, the, the penultimate issue of the fantastic run by Rick Remender and Matteo Sclera on Black Science, and uh, I just have a bad feeling that the, the final issue, issue 43, is not going to have a happy ending. Oh. Um, so if you if you've read anything by Remender, you're probably rolling your eyes and going, "Yeah, well, duh, Mike," because uh, <laughs> Deadly Class. Um, I read that for a bit, and a lot of that was very bleak and, and angsty. And I'm kind of preparing myself for the finale of Black Science to be along those lines. So um, yeah, I've I've done some comics and some other horsey stuff. Uh, with my miniatures, <laughs> if you'll pardon the expression, as the kids say. What have you been up to, Paul? What's been good in your world? Um, I just read... Uh, what did I read? I've been reading The Silencer. The, um, oh! The, yeah, you know that one that spun out of metal? and it Yes. Was, yeah, and everything looked like it was a bit stinky, but that one seemed okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, re- I read the first trade of that from the library, uh-huh. and um, I quite enjoyed it. It was um, John Romita Jr. art and Dan Abnett on the writing. Ooh. And um, I'm apologi- apologies for not knowing the rest of the creative team. That's very lax of me. Um, but yeah, it was uh, quite enjoyable, quite some good action stuff. And cool. the sort of thing that you'd think, yeah, that could turn this into a TV series really easily. Mm-hmm. Or something. So, yeah. <laughs> Cool, because it it unfortunately most of that line didn't really last long, did it? So 
that's sort of a bit. No, well, Drifix is still around. Yeah, but I think they're the only survivors of that new age of hero stuff. So yeah, well, I mean, to me, that's a normal rate of attrition for you know DC mm. Comics. Yeah, uh, you know. Everything got, like, two trades, and some made it to three or four. Yeah. Um, I want to read um, Sideways. That was another one that came out of that. I've never read that, so I'd oh, yeah. like to read that. Yeah. Hmm. Sideways. Yes, yes. Well, not yes, I'm... No, no, not frontways, thank you. Or backways. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm still reading and, and enjoying Terrifics. That's always good fun. Um, so, but yeah, no, I never really checked out any of the other New Age of Heroes stuff, so... Yeah, but if you're enjoying it, uh, I will take your word for it, and I might eventually check that out once I hop back onto one horse for something different. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, shall we go and see what's happening in Doom News? Let's do it. So Doom News, the most exciting thing about Doom News this week is if I wasn't recording a podcast right now, I could watch the Doom Patrol on TV and Australian television right this minute. Say what? Yep, Doom Patrol on TV right now in Australia. On oh, no. Fox 8, for those of you who have Foxtel. Oh my gosh, I hope we remembered to hit the record button. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure we did, yes. No, that's fantastic news. That's so exciting. Yeah, but I mean, I believe a lot of the rest of the world are enjoying their Doom Patrol DVDs and Blu-rays. Yes, and uh, it's available on you know digital purchasing type mm-hmm. things, yes. as the kids say. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's exciting. And Doom Patrol uh, season two production has commenced. Excellent. Yes, and so I am looking forward to hearing more tidbits and little pieces about what's happening. Anyway, mm. but um, in the world of comics, um, yeah, this this is an exciting week. We had um, Doom Patrol, Way to the Worlds, Volume 4 come out. Uh, no, Issue 4 come out last week. Yep. And we're going to talk about tonight. Sorry to keep you waiting. But um, we do have the solicitation for Issue 6. Mm. And it, it has a picture of Casey Brink in sort of um, computer-generated armor on mm. the cover. Looking very uh, rad. Yes. And it says, um, well, it's written by Gerard Way with Jeremy Lambert and uh, art by Omar Francia uh, with a cover by Nick Darrington. And it says, this is what happens in it, when an alien virtual reality machine spirals out of control and encompasses an all-too-familiar planet, the Doom Patrol traverses the boundaries of a new computer-generated reality to restore the world back to not exactly normal, but at least not CGI. And this <laughs> <laughs> this will be in shops on December fourth, twenty nineteen, uh, with a retail price of three ninety nine US, and it is recommended for mature readers. But Can I we think read I it? should read it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think we will. Yeah, yeah. we'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So looking forward to that one. Mm. So, uh, have you got any Doom news that you've heard? Um, no, not not really. I think you've you've covered it all pretty much, pretty well. In, as you yeah, usually would, do, yeah. Should we do a shout out to your friend who's watching the Doom Patrol? <laughs> shout out to my dear friend and and uh, sister uh, Allison, uh, otherwise known as VA Gentle Nerd on on the Twitters. She finally decided uh, to check out the Doom Patrol TV show and fell in love with it. Uh, binged it all in in one session, pretty much. Loved the fact that uh, sexy Timothy Dalton was in it. I, I don't think that. 
was uh, uh, made clear to her from the get-go, but <laughs> once she realised that uh, uh, old Tim was in there, oh, she was all over it. Uh, and she and Alison very much enjoyed it. So uh, I was like, hooray, another convert. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, I very much enjoyed her enthusiasm. I wish I could enthuse about things the way she does. But uh... Oh, yes. So, um, yeah, she, Alison was very excited and very happy with the Doom Patrol. And I was happy that she got to experience it and see it for the first time. And, um, yes, we, we had a bit of uh, back and forth uh, chat about it. And somehow something came up about whether it's it's very faithful or, you know, all new stuff. And I said, oh, you know, it's a bit of both. You know, when it's when it's faithful, it does a really good job of getting stuff from the comics, but, you know, it does add its own stuff as well, and it does a great job of that. And her response was, oh, no, more Doom Patrol continuity. What a burden for you. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. What a hard burden to bear. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yes, we're not going to run out of this stuff to talk about, are we? No, no, not not for some time. No. 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 Oh, oh, other exciting hot off the press Doom news. Mm. Um, Doom Patrol Volume Three has appeared on Comicsology. Oh week. yes, yes, that's yeah. like stinking fresh hot off the press. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you can get the Arcudi Hewitt run of um Doom Patrol right. Now, mm. issues one and two on Comixology, and I think we can predict that uh, two more issues will be added every week until they're all there. Yes. So, yeah, Just, finally. Yeah. Finally. That's such awesome news. I'm so glad and happy that they've finally put that run on there. Yeah, so go check it out, people. You will not regret it unless you don't like it. <laughs> But take it from us, your favourite uh, Patrologist, it's an awesome volume. It's, it is a good volume, it's, yeah. It's great fun. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah, check it out. Do yourself a favour, as Molly Meldrum would say. Or yeah, and it's say, never yeah. before um, reprinted, collected anywhere, nowhere. You know, so this is the only place where it's ever been re-released. Mm. Yeah, mm, de- so definitely. Ch- if you haven't read it before, yeah, go and check it out. If you have read it before, check it out again. You know, let them mm. know that there is the keenness there for this thing, as the kids mm. say. So. The appetite. Yes, that too. Mm. <laughs> yummy, yummy Doom Patrol. Mm. Mm. Stuff yourself on Doom Patrol, folks. Yep. Um, now, Mike. Yes, Paul. I've noticed the ticking sound. You have. Ooh, you know what that means. No. Oh, uh, okay. It's time for the Doom Clock. Are you ready for it? Doom Clock. Oh. Are you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) Let's go look at the Doom Clock. (laughs) So, yes, as we look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, we can see that it has been just on one week since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue four of Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds, from Jared Way, Jeremy Lambert, Nick Patara, Tamara Von Villain, Simon Boland, Andy Curry, and Maggie Howell. And that issue saw the Patrol take a trip to Destiny Beach, and that's all I'm going to say, because we'll be discussing it very shortly in Doom Splanning. Hooray, hooray. Uh, issue five of Way to the Worlds by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad, and featuring one Dorothy Spinner, do you mind? That's due out on November 6th, just four weeks away, Paul. What a time to be alive. Mm. Mm. So, mm. yes, that's that's very exciting stuff. So now, Paul, are you ready for the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game with thanks to Mike's Amazing World of Comics? Oh, I've been training, yep. I've You've been training? Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. 
You were inspired by Destiny Beach, were you? So oh, my mental muscles are peak condition. Okay, okay. Or something. Because because I'm in a good mood, I'm going to give you one bonus question to whatever the eight-sided die of doom rolls. Okay. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Very kind. Oh, jeez. I'm gonna I'm gonna re-roll that because it was a one. No. <laughs> so, I'm not that good. <laughs> Alright, here we go, here we go again. Okay. Oh, uh, the extreme other end, you got an eight, so you get nine questions. Uh, do you want to roll again, just to split the difference? <laughs> no, no, let's do it. Let's, let's see how you go. Okay. With nine okay. questions. Question the first. Okay, um, is this a comic that is older than you, Mike? No, it is not. I am mm. older than this comic. You are, oh, okay, great. <laughs> I don't think I like that question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, well, it, it does eliminate some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, question the yeah, second. Right. Question the second. Um, is it an odd-numbered volume or an even-numbered volume of uh, Doom Patrol? It is an odd-numbered volume. Odd? Oh, okay. So, all right. We are considering uh, volume three or volume five, possibly volume seven, if you, such a thing. Hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, no, Volume 7 isn't out this week, so there we go. I've, uh, I've eliminated that by Ooh, process of well elimination. Done. Well yeah. done. You have been yeah. working it out. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the big brain on me. <laughs> Is um, that a brain in your pocket or? Never mind. Uh, question the third. <laughs> question the third. It's only three. Wow. Um, do we have any John Arcudi involved with this one? We do not. Oh, okay. So, all right. Um, Question the fourth. Um, is it volume five? It is volume five. Volume five. Okay, terrific. Yes. Okay. Question uh, the fifth. Question the fifth. Is it an even-numbered issue of volume five? <laughs> it is not. Okay. So, it's an odd-numbered issue of volume five. Right. Um, have we already covered this one on the show? <laughs> we have not. Okay. All right. So that was question all right. six. All right, all right. You're up to question right. the seventh. Okay. Um, so, all right. Where we're up to on the show, we have done up to issue 12, I believe. Or, or have we? Or, ha- or, or have we? Well, we've done 11, I know that. Yes. yes, that's, yes. Do you even listen to our show? <laughs> I, I participate in our show. Well, yeah, that's another concern if you can't remember where we're at. Hey, I'm an old man, okay? Don't okay, all right. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, so... Uh, we've got 13 to, 20, 13 to 21. So they're the numbers. Um, whoo. Is it higher or lower than 17? Or no. <laughs> lower. Lower than 17. Oh, you didn't do the gag. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, that's it. I'm taking I'm... it seriously this week. Wow. Oh, serious and working out. My goodness. All right, question yeah. the eighth. Uh, okay. Is this a number that some would consider unlucky? 
No, it is not. All right, I declare that it is issue 15. Correct! Ding, 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 ding. Oh. Hey! Oh, oh, that's a fair question. <laughs> How are you, Michael? Oh, I'm fine, thank you, Paul. Yes, uh, going on sale for $2.99 American on October 6th of 2010, with the cover date of December of that year, was indeed issue 15 of Doom Patrol Volume 5. That story was entitled A House Divided and was brought to us by Keith Giffen, Matthew Clark, Ron Randall, John Livesay, Pat Brosseau, Guy Major, Simona Martor and Elizabeth V. Gerlain. The story gave us a superpowered version of the Chief as he'd recently become imbued with Kryptonian superpowers and he decided to rid the world of all guns. Uh, meanwhile, President of Oolong Island, Veronica Cal, nationalised the patrol and she ordered them to apprehend and capture Niles. Of course. Uh, we Yes, we are actually yet to cover this story, but given that we reach issue 11, Paul, of this volume mm-hmm. in episode 151 from September of 2019, we're only a few episodes away from discussing it in more detail. And if you'd like to hear our coverage so far of the Giffen Clark era, you can check it out on the uh, Doom dossier for volume 5 at waitingfordoom.com, or you can check out our coverage of any of the other volumes of the Doom Patrol as well while you're there. Or you can leave us some feedback or just send us a nice message or something. Anyway, well done, Paul. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. It only took me eight questions. <laughs> you didn't even need that bonus one. Yeah. Good. Mm. All right. Wow. Wow. Right. If you mm. hadn't got that in, a, in, in nine questions, uh, and you, I, I congratulate you on your use of mathematics for that one as well. Thank you. The yes. power of the numbers was with you. Yeah, it was a bit of a triple axel, that one. <laughs> Well done. Anyway, that is it for the Doom Clock this week. Nice. Uh, I don't know. Modern day comics just don't seem to have the magic the older ones did. I wish I could go back to those days. You're me, but but I'm me. How is this possible? I'm you, from the future. What happens to my voice? Oh, well, uh, actually, I kind of was eating peanuts before I came back, and uh, one of them went down the wrong tube. I'm still trying to get it out, actually. <coughs> Nothing. Well, still, the future must be terrible. I mean... Your hair's half burnt off. Oh, well, actually, I tripped and fell over the stove. What about the scar on your face? It's a paper cut. And the eye patch? I was looking through a telescope and accidentally pointed at the sun. Look, I have a reason for being here. I built a time machine so you can go back to the past and check out the comics of yesteryear. I figure you'll either enjoy the good old days, or you'll gain an appreciation for the current comics. Maybe both. Can I bring some friends with me? Sure, but only one at a time. Well, there you have it. Join me, Mike Staley, and an assortment of co-hosts as we look over the world of DC Comics from half a century ago in my new monthly podcast, DC 50 Years Ago. Who are you talking to? 
don't worry about it. Just check out DC 50 Years Ago on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called, and at dc50yearsago.podomatic.com. Seriously, who are you talking to? And now it's the part of the show that we like to call Doomsplaining, because we're about to explain a lot of stuff about the Doom Patrol. And this week, we are looking at some brand new hot Doom Patrol goodness. We are looking at issue 4 of volume 7, Way to the Worlds. And Paul, take us through what happens in this story, please. Well, it's all behind a lovely cover by Nick Derrington of uh, Flex Mentello and Rita Farr flexing and posing, and it's mm. all done up like a, uh, a muscle mag, isn't it? So, mm, yes. Lots of fun stuff there. Mm. Mm, I enjoy it. Um, but anyway, previously in Doom Patrol, uh, Cliff Steele, man who is a robot, emerged from the Milk Wars as a man who is a man. But a disastrous visit with his vindictive mother caused him to reenact the fiery crash that led to his robotic ex- existence. And newly re-roboticized by Keeg, the negative energy being, Cliff is able to upgrade his robot powers through acts of kindness. A future timeline, unfortunately, revealed this to be the cause of a terrible future where Cliff's upgrades take over the entire world. Only one man was able to hold back the cliffifying of everything, and that was Steve Dayton, the one-time fifth richest man in the world and master of mental manipulation known as Mento. Travelling back in time to warn the team, he arrived in the present with no memory of his momentous mission. <laughs> Meanwhile... Patroller Flex Mentello, the man of muscle mystery, has remembered a missed memory of his flexing grounds, Destiny Beach. And that's where our comic takes us now. And it's all written by Gerard Way, Jeremy Lambert, uh, with art by Nick Patara from um, Manhattan Projects. That's what I know him mm, from. Yes. Uh, with uh, colours by Tamara Bonvillain and letters by Simon Boland and edited by Andy Curry and Maggie Howell and a cover by Nick Derrington, as we mentioned. Anyway, what happens inside? This is what happens. Flex remembers the heyday of Destiny Beach, where everyone could explore and celebrate their physicality without judgment. But having just arrived via Danny the Ambulance, Flex and the team see the once vibrant boardwalk and beachfront is now strewn with trash and devoid of life. Casey wishes Cliff had come, but Reed explains that his focus on getting upgrades from good deeds has become his obsession, and he and Mento have stayed back in Dannyland. Speaking of them, back in Dannyland, Cliff, now wearing overalls and a tool belt, delivers a lost cat, Benny, back to the owner, Sally, and gains a solar-powered fusion welder upgrade in his right arm. He tells Sally to call him Cliff Fix-It, and he walks off with Mento in search of more help to give. Later, he aids a man with a burst appendix, and his impromptu surgery results in space boosters in his legs. Inspired to do good on a greater and grander scale, Cliff Fixit flies out of Danny Land determined to fix the whole universe, and Mento is unable to stop him. Uh oh. Mm. Mm. Back on Destiny Beach Boardwalk, Flex finds a hot dog stand vendor who tells him there are no more hot dogs, they never stop. Eating and eating, more protein, more protein. <laughs> now there aren't any wieners. <laughs> So they find new things to eat, all the things they eat, and they spend their days and nights pumping their cursed iron. There! And Flex looks very pointed and exclaims, Great gods of the glutes! It's Jupiter's gym! You okay? 
<laughs> just, you know, there, there are no more wieners. Just cracks me up. Sorry. Anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. And on a raised platform, six figures are lifting weights. Flex remembers his com- old comrades, the Titania sisters, Filthy Frederick, Babyface Bernardo, Marvelous Marvin, and the insectoid Glamorous Glynn. Rita is impressed and inspired by the fibrous friends, but Bernardo accuses Flex of abandoning them. Rita is outraged and tells Bernardo how Flex has saved the world, and Flex explained how his memory of Destiny Beach was lost till recently. Frederick explains how the fibrous friends were defeated by Skarg and his crew. They have won every Flex off and become the chosen of the Sands of Strength and corrupted everything about the place. Just then, Skarg and his crew arrive, and Lucius detects powerful magic at work. Flex notices the sentient swimsuit that Skarg sports and recognises it as the secret spandex. <laughs> Sorry, your, your alliteration game this episode is freaking on point. It is mwah! <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. I've been in, inspired by Tighten Up the Defense. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> Flex explains how during the second cosmic calamity, he found these sentient trunks that bonded with him giving him great strength, but their penchant for darkness twisted him into the anti-flex. Eventually, he used a black hole to suck the secret spandex off his crotch, and he assumed they were lost forever. <laughs> so is it, if everyone's picturing Venom Bado's underwear, this yeah. is what we're dealing with. Yes. yes. <laughs> anyway, the two crews begin their flex off. Uh, a guy in a panda suit in Skarg's crew faces Babyface Bernardo and manages to induce a critical cramp via a vastus lateralis vibranius. The cramp starts cramping inward, causing Bernardo's body to begin cramping into infinity. Filthy Frederick declares the only that only the Cabana Man can save Bernardo. Reader asks, who's the Cabana Man? And a figure pushes through the crowd. The Cabana Man, revealed to be Ricardo. <gasps> Yes, yes, Ricardo, the Oolong Island masseuse, believed killed in Doom Patrol Volume 6, Issue 11, I believe. And Ricardo explains how his essence drifted into the void before eventually reforming on Destiny Beach. And Fug hands Ricardo back his visor, which um, Fug took from his body. Mm. And Ricardo massages Bernardo's leg just in time. Mm. Now Flex enters the field, facing off against Skarg. He manifests his hero Halo, but to no avail... Skarg's flexes are too strong for him and he collapses. Flex asks, who else is left? And Rita answers the call, emerging from Portaloo in her exercise gear. A bemused Skarg faces her. Rita begins to flex and muscles pop out of muscles pop out of muscles as her whole body flexes (laughs) upward and outward, floating her high above the beach. The sands of strength pull back and leave her on a newly formed pedestal. The team are ecstatic, but the secret spandex has recognised a new superior host and, detach- and detaches from Skarg's crotch and heads for Rita. Flex intercepts the oozing parasite as it latches onto his groin, covering his leopard skin trunks. He can feel the darkness overwhelming him. But Larry Trainer, now embodying positivity as Positive Man, sends a blast of positive energy, which Flex is able to use to flex himself out into outer space, where the secret spandex can do no harm. As Flex flexes away, a wave of energy sweeps across Destiny Beach, clearing away the garbage and revitalizing the beach and boardwalk. Destiny Beach is saved. Skark tries to sneak off, but Casey notes his lack of pants, and he is suitably embarrassed by his exposed tiny bits. <laughs> My bits, he says. <laughs> yes. 
That's a quote. <laughs> while, the, while the team are pleased that Destiny Beach has been restored, they are troubled that Flex is no longer with them. But Lucius vows that they will never stop trying to rescue him now that he is the hero of the void. And we see Flex off in space on his own. <laughs> what do you think of this one, Mike? I really enjoyed the heck out of this one. It's, I think I've... I've gotten over my need for a continuing story thread and I'm just accepting it for the fact that they're just fun, weird little adventures in a different scenario each issue. And I think, yeah, while there's not a continuing story really, I think there is more of an underlying theme about body positivity and being happy with oneself because that was what Destiny Beach was all about back in its heyday, that, you know, no one was judged for their appearance. They were all just there to, you know, just work out and, you know, hang out with like-minded individuals. And that's that's kind of like, even when they were on, um, was it Planet Orbis in an earlier issue? Uh, yeah. With the Marathon Eternal, you know, there was that whole message about body positivity again. So I think that's more of like an underlying theme than a continuing story point. But with Cliff going kind of almost becoming addicted to doing good deeds and getting upgrades. I think the possible future we saw of Planet Cliff might be possibly coming to pass. Maybe. Yeah, yeah that seems to be the ticking time bomb in this comic, doesn't mm, it? Yeah, so I, I really enjoy... I, I think this is... I mean, I enjoyed the first issue because it was great to see the patrol back. I think this is the one that overall I really enjoyed. Uh, I know the previous issue had Doc Shana art. I love the Doc Shana art. Don't get me wrong there. This one overall, the the art was was wacky but cool. I love Nick Patara's art in this. Uh, the storyline was fun. Uh, the send up of uh, Secret Wars with the <laughs> um, the secret spandex pants. Uh, as you said, you know Venom but underwear. <laughs> Attaching itself to it's like only a couple of panels, but the minute you see it, you're like, that is ripping off Secret Wars, but in the most hilarious way. Uh, that was just awesome to see that. And I, I, as I was reading the issue, I burst out laughing when I realized what was going on. And then when the pants later on reattached themselves uh, to Flex, and the bad guy is standing there naked and Casey, Casey's, she's got a healthy sexual appetite because she's, you don't, you just see her say, that's impressive, but you don't see what she's looking at at first. And then you see Scar, Scar going, my bit! And he, <laughs> he quickly covers himself up and Casey's like, hey, how you doing? Sort of thing. So <laughs> there was a lot of humor in this, uh, some great art. Uh, this is probably my favorite one overall uh, out of the run so far it's just it, it's fun it looks great it reads well uh it's it's sort of kind of progressing a possible storyline along somewhere but yeah i've i've kind of come to accept it that the doom patrol are going on these weird little fun jaunts each issue just enjoy it for what it is yeah and, i, I... Yeah, I found myself the same. I, I feel like I've adjusted to the temperature now, and mm. I'm comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and it, it feels like adventure time to me. Like it, it's just, it's goofy and it's strange, um, but it's enjoyable, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but this one definitely the funniest issue we've had so far. Yes, yes, and yeah. and Rita 
joining in in the flex off and having muscles upon muscles upon muscles. I just I genuinely didn't see that coming, and she's just the the strain she's putting herself under. <laughs> It's just hilarious. And then she's yeah. this giant monstrosity covered in muscles. Uh, and she <laughs> saves the day. It's just... <laughs> yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, the the Nick Patara art, it's kind of like uh, if Frank Quietly was combined with Al Jaffe, you know, it's kind of that Ooh, sort of weirdness. I, I, I like that. That's a Yes, that's a very good description. Well done, sir. You're on fire tonight, mate. You're doing well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I love the design of Skarg, though. Like, he's a sort of reptilian, spiky guy, so... Yes. Yes, <laughs> with, with, like, uh, eight arms, and... <laughs> and <laughs> apparently... Like, and he's got these cool these sort of black stripes all over him, but I thought they were part of the underwear at first, but they were still there once the underwear left mm. him, so... Yes. And uh, apparently he's quite impressive uh, in, the, in the nether regions. <laughs> I actually thought Casey might have been being sarcastic because he was covering it with a very tiny hand. So. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Um, she, the, mm. the, the, the look on her face doesn't seem to be, you know, it seems to be genuinely impressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, and just, you know, I, I never thought I'd live to see a panel um, hiding said bits as the person says, my bits! <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. And back in Dannyland, well, Mento has shaved and mm. is um, yeah. sort of dressed in his Mento gear but wearing a dressing gown as well. So Yeah. He, he's, yeah. yeah, sort of taking it easy, you know. Um, and he, obviously he, he there's probably something in the back of his head where he knows that Cliff should try to be reined in. Because, you know, towards the end where uh, Cliff gets the, the rocket booster upgrade to his feet and uh, as he shoots off to go and, you know, uh, find more help uh, to give people out there in the universe and Mentor's like, wait, Cliff! But mm-hmm. Cliff is already flying off into into the atmosphere. Uh, I, 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 I can't help but think that Mento is slowly going to regain his memory and that there's going to be some confrontation. So... Oh, Mento, you bring up such emotions in me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the the vacant eyes of Cliff, you know, really indicates that he's, you know, lost the plot here. Mm. Yeah, he, mm. he he's all about, you know, helping, but kind of for his own good, and he's becoming addicted to upgrades. So, mm. yeah, yeah. But no, this this overall, the, the complete package, the writing and and the art, uh, and just the fun of it, it's it's probably my favourite issue so far in this volume. It's it's yeah. it's a really good one. I'm really happy with it. Yeah, and uh, there has been advanced solicits for a hardcover collection of uh, the first. I think it's the first six of this. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so looking forward to that. This is the first time we've had a Doom Patrol volume in hardcover initially. So yeah. Yeah, and because uh, hmm. we still don't know how long Weight of the Worlds is actually going to be running for. No, they've been secretive about that. So. They have, yes. Mm. Yes, hiding the news. <laughs> how, how dare they? <laughs> how dare they? How dare they? Good grief. But yeah, th- this, yeah. Was a, this was a great one. Um, I, I also really like uh, how the credits were done in this. Uh, how... Uh, it's basically got pictures of, of the creative team on this book uh, appearing as like store owners on the boardwalk. So, <laughs> like Jared Way and Jeremy Lambert, uh, they run the prescription 
sunglasses shop, uh, but script is in, in big letters, and Nick Batara runs an art supply store, and Tamara Bond villain uh, sells colour tie-dyed accessories and salsa. <laughs> salsa. <laughs> So it's just just a lot of fun in this. It's it was such a great read. I'm I'm really really happy with this one. Yeah, and I saw on Twitter that Simon Boland, the letterer, was sort of not happy with how much hair they gave him in the picture. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my oh. hairline isn't quite there. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Oh yeah. I'm looking at that picture again now. I I can see why he would, you know, want to complain. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a bit of a winner. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great one. I'm very happy with this one, uh, and and looking forward to next month to see what happens with uh, the reintroduction of Dorothy Spinner. Mm, yes. Mm. Yeah. Will it be the real Dorothy, or is it sort of a bit meta? I'm not sure. Uh, well, I I, th- I think this is the one where it's about the fan of the Doom Patrol comic. Yes. Um, so I think there's going to be a bit of meta weirdness going on. Mm. But uh, look, you know, we'll be there for it. We'll read it. Still. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we'll navigate everyone else through it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well done. Well done. Go us. <laughs> now it's the part of the show where we're looking at the mailbag of doom, and mostly we're looking at our responses to the question of the week, which was, "What's your favourite comic about real people or events?" So, um, yeah, we heard from Sean Ross from Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast, which is what he's called on Twitter, and he said, Fun Home by Alison Bechdel is an intimate and engrossing look into a broken but loving, in its own way, family. And I've never read that, but I've heard of Alison Bechdel. That's the Bechdel test. Yes, lady. yes, correct. Yes. Um, what, oh. Yes, it's called Fun Home, a family tragicomic. Sounds mm. serious. Mm. Uh, superheroes. Uh, no. Uh, we then heard from Arbard at uh, ABudF09 on the Twitters. Uh, and Arbard said, not trying to overcomplicate things, but what is real, especially in comics? Remember that one of the most celebrated autobiographical comics author is Gabrielle Bell, and her best-known piece is about the day she turned into a chair. Good story. Having said that, I like when cartoonists turn into journalists, or vice versa, like Peter Baggy or Joe Sacco. Uh, but for me, From Hell by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell is a masterpiece. The research used to make the book is amazing. Even the end notes are interesting, not to mention the epilogue issue to review different theories about the same episode. Writer and artist in top form. From Hell transports you to the era the work is focusing on in ways many history books fail to do. Okay, the plot can be closer to fiction, but it is nevertheless a great comic about a true event and real people. Huh. Mm, okay. Yes, I've read From Hell. That's uh, about Jack the Ripper and yes. um, a pretty good theory about who it was and what they were mm. up to and stuff. Yes. But very Alan Moore, so it's incredibly dense and long um, <laughs> and very, very clever. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. I recommend it, but it's not light reading. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Doug Zavisha at uh, D Zavisha on Twitter. He said, Jupiter counts, right? I... Yeah. Sure. <laughs> uh, we then heard from Matt Roberts uh, at Mr. Underscore Oberts on, on Twitter, uh, and he replied with American Elf, which I've never heard of and didn't get a chance to research, so I'm not sure what that one's about at all. 
Hmm. I'm a big fan of the movie Elf, but I don't <laughs> think he's talking about that. No, I don't think so. No. Yes. Uh, we heard from Stefan, Moby One, and he said 300. Oh. So, yeah, loosely based on reality, perhaps. Mm, maybe. Yeah, but um, a good comic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clinton, at Coffee and Comics blog, replied with, I think I'm going to go with Brooklyn Dreams by J.M.D. Matisse. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's another one I've never read, nor heard of, to be honest. I've heard of it, but never read it. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of uh, real-life stuff that we probably missed. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, uh, Doug came back and said, in all seriousness, there is only one correct response. Voodoo Child, the illustrated legend of Jimi Hendrix by Martin L. Green and the amazing Bill Sinkovich. So, mm. Th- that is one. No, that is one I would like to check out. I, I am a Hendrix fan, so uh, it looks very interesting. So, uh, we then heard from Jonathan Die at Changing Shades. <laughs> and Jonathan wrote, Big Book of Murder from Paradox Press. And if you need a specific story, H.H. H. Holmes' Murder Hotel started a lifelong love of true crime. Uh, true crime, reading, not committing. Uh, Jonathan then signed off with Not Ed Latore. <laughs> oh dear. Yes, I called Jonathan mistakenly Ed Latore last week. Yes, yes. I'm so sorry, Jonathan. <laughs> so naughty. <laughs> so naughty. Uh, we heard from the Warlock Thanos podcast and uh he said tie for me warren ellis's creasy or sandman 31 though to be honest i have never looked up how accurate they are to the real world events creasy is a really i've got that comic it's Ooh, um, okay yeah it's about um battle techniques oh. <laughs> between oh. the, the english and the french with um bows and arrows and stuff it's oh, uh, wow yeah it's it's very very gory and entertaining <laughs> wow okay yeah and uh, Distant Mirrors. What's that part of Sandman? I don't remember oh, that. Um, oh, I think that has to do with um, one of Dream Siblings' despair taking over uh, a human man and um, they challenge, and despair challenges Dream to pull him out of his bout of despair before the man commits suicide. I think I can't recall every detail. I'm, I'm grasping at straws here. <laughs> But I'm trying to think of what real... Well, if it's, you know, suicide is an awful thing that happens in the real world. So maybe uh, that is what Warlock Thanos podcast is alluding to there. Mm. I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's... I, I, sh- I should have looked that up. I've got the whole bloody... Se- well, most of the series there. Um, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't because now I want to know what real world story it might be based on. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. I've forgotten. I remember, you know, bits of Sandman, but I don't remember that particularly. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Uh, We then heard uh, from Juice005, Aaron Long. Juice wrote, I swear to God, if Mike says crossed... Uh, But he then continued, my answer to this question is March. Mm. Ooh. Yes. And then um, Matt Roberts continued on with saying, I'm honoured to be your favourite character in March, because Matt... Uh, got drawn into one of the panels in that um, somehow. I, I don't know if it was a Kickstarter thing. I don't think March was Kickstarted. No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, but uh, for those unaware, uh, March is auto- autobiographical um, tale f- uh, from U.S. Congressman uh, John Lewis, and it's all about the civil rights movement. And it's from um, the congressman's uh, point of view uh, about his involvement in um, yeah the the 
civil rights activities. Kevin, who's known as Melt Each Knit Review <laughs> at Warsaw <laughs> Cubicle, uh, said, here are my answers and showed us a picture of a part of his bookshelf in his mm. uh, spare room, which I slept in when I went to Heroes Con. Oh, did you go to Heroes Con? I did go to Heroes Con. Oh, wow, okay. okay. Yeah, and I can see Volumes of March there. I can see Fun Home and a few others and Mouse. Yes, and yes. Like that. Mm. Very mm. cool. Yes. Very nice. Oh, he's, he's even got uh, the George Takei uh, book, uh, They Call Us Enemy. Ah. Uh, George's uh, experience um, growing up in internment camps. Um, mm. oh, wow. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, we then heard from Samurai Godzilla, uh, who gave us uh, some screen caps of, of books, obviously, they enjoy. Uh, things like uh, Pyongyang, uh, A Journey in North Korea by Guy Delisle. Blankets by Craig Thompson and How to Understand Israel in 60 Days or Less by Sarah Glidden. Um, Again, I've only heard of Blankets out of those three, but um, thank you, Samurai Godzilla. Great editions. Mm. I've read Blankets. Okay. I've I've only heard of it. I've heard that it's a great read, but I've never read it myself. Hmm. Uh, then we got a message from Jim Deadman, who uh, supplied a picture of rock and roll comics with REM. Wow. Rock and roll. Rock and roll, as the kids <laughs> say. <laughs> yeah, as they do. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then we heard from Nathaniel Wayne from Council of Geeks. And uh, Nathaniel just said, Sandman number 19. Now, this one I do remember, uh, mm, because it's about uh, Midsummer's Night Dream. And uh, Sandman meets William Shakespeare. And inspires him to, to write that play. Hmm. Mm. Yes, a, a fine selection. And it won mm. a fantasy award, which they changed the rules of, so it couldn't win again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take that, Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And over on Facebook, we heard from Jonathan Schaefer-Hames, and he said, I almost don't want to say favourite, but Mouse. It's incredible work, and I don't know if I want to, if I can read it again. Mm. Yeah, no, very good, Mouse. You read Mouse? I have not, unfortunately, no. No. Mm. Um, which kind of ties into my answer when we get to our turn. But anyway, uh, Mike Gillis thing contributed his answer of it's all wild speculation, but I enjoyed the hell out of and was greatly disturbed by From Hell by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell. Another one for From Hell. Yeah. Um, and Jared Driscoll asked if what comic books aren't documentaries? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Unfortunately not, no. Uh, So, Paul, what's your favourite comic based on real events? Um, I'm going to go with March, all three volumes of that. I um, read them all from the library, and they were very, very um, educational, but uh, real, like really engaging, and Mm -hmm. it really, uh, you know, it opened my eyes into what it was like in the civil rights movement. you know, working alongside Martin Luther King and things like that, and just the the hideous persecution that those people faced and what yeah. they overcome, and yeah, it's it was really um, you know amazing read uh, and an amazing thing that people went through. So yeah, and based on that, you know, I've gone and watched movies like Selma since then because uh, you know I get it now, and it's not something yeah. that I. I'm not interested in it's now something that uh, really interests me and, you know, I want to know more about it as much as I can. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What about you? I have to admit, I cannot think of a single comic I own or have read that is based on real events. 
which I'm a little bit ashamed and embarrassed by. I have comics about, you know, your regular spandex superheroes, about talking animals, about men who fall in love with their love robot android girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Alex and Ada. Um, I I think that... The closest I could possibly come, and it is no way a decent answer to this question, is, um, and basically because of the inspiration for the story, is high crimes, because that's that's about, um, part of the, the story is that, you know, people who go and recover the bodies of the dead uh, from Everest and from the Himalayas, and that job never occurred to me before, that that was a thing that people would go and do and, you know, make money from doing until I had read High Crimes. But that in no way at all compares to, you know, real-world stuff like um, March or, you know, what inspired Mouse or, you know. So I'm, yeah, I'm I'm looking at my shelves now and thinking um, I, I am very appreciative of all the answers we got because it's given me more stuff to go and look up and check out um, for my own betterment. Yeah, but I mean, I, with your answer, high crimes. There are essays in the back of each chapter of that, and they're really interesting because they're, you know, uh, Chris Sabella's observation about what's happening on the mountain, mm. you know, and the you know real events that, uh, you know. So I remember reading the issues as they came out, and there's all this stuff. You know, this tragedy happened on this date, and this many people were lost. And yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. So yeah, there's a, a, definitely a real world element really strong in that book, and it's yeah. really good. And, and even then, I had to, you know, I, I, I only just literally saw high crimes on my shoulders, and now I'm thinking, that's as close as I've got. That's that, <laughs> that is it amongst every other comic that I own. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I have been inspired by this question of the week to go and check out some some books based on real world events because um, that is something that is lacking uh, from my coll- from my own reading and my collection, and you know, just to. Um, expand my view of the world in a better way. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. There mm. we go. We've all learned something tonight. <laughs> we have. We've all grown. Mm. Um, we got an email from Dr. Ange. And Did we ever? Awesome. Yeah. A very lovely email called Salutations. And he said, hey, guys, hard to believe I didn't send an email about your 150th episode celebration. Bad fan. I feel like I was lucky enough to discover your show just as it was starting, and I have felt myself even luckier to have been a guest on the show a number of times. Definitely love covering the Supergirl Doom Patrol stories from the Bronze Age with you. But truly, I feel luckiest to have met such fine chaps that I can call friends. Despite my incessant minute work jokes, I can't tell you how great it has been to find mates who love comics and the Patrol as much as I do. Congrats on the show going so long and for all its success. You guys have become the preeminent show on the patrol, and the guests you have had had on shows it. As for the current show, I love, love, love the Giffen Clark run, and the creation of Mister Somebody was just a great wrinkle. The thing I love about this run most of all is that Giffen took that attitude that all the Doom Patrols are valid, and so we see elements of all incarnations and continuities in this book. I don't understand why it wasn't a bigger hit. Now, my odd answer to the question of the week. My favourite comic on a real-life event. I put favourite in quotes because it isn't a comic I necessarily liked, but it is a part of my childhood, and such it is heavy with nostalgia. Settle in for a long story. 
Growing up in Rhode Island, one of the traditions is going to a Christmas light display at the La Salette Monastery. This truly is a local tradition and usually an annual event. In the religious gift shop, there was a comic book that described the miracle at La Salette, France, in the late 1800s. After a drought, when people lost their religion, two children had a vision of the Virgin Mary pleading with them that they needed to tell the town that they need to find Christ again. Their stories are so compelling and consistent that it is felt to be true. After rediscovering the tenets of Catholicism, the town prospers. As a comic, it is actually quite boring. (laughs) (laughs) But since this is an annual event, and since my parents had short memories, and since I come from a big Italian family where everyone knew my love of comics... I was given this comic by some well-meaning relatives every Christmas for about eight years running. (laughs) And once I received it more than once from uncles, cousins, grandparents who saw it at the shop and thought, and likes comics, let's get this for him. So at one point, I had 12 copies of this book. (laughs) It felt wrong wrong to throw out a religious comic book about a miracle. So they sat there until the great parental purge of the late 90s. Uh, Included see a panel and the cover of the book. Thanks for everything. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you, Ange. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is quite a story, and that is quite a comic from the looks of it. <laughs> yeah. The, the the beautiful lady of La Salette. Okay. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and we also got a comment on episode 151 uh, from Tim Price. Uh, and Tim wrote, up to my nostrils in DCOCD reading. Wow, it's like listening to a conversation between my daughters and their friends. I had to Google most of those phrases just to understand what you were saying. I still didn't get it, but I trust it was fabo to the max, as the kids say. (laughs) Uh, These two issues were so good. I likewise can't tell which parts are Clark or Randall without trying really, really hard, and things are getting great. Mr. Somebody, gasp. AVM man, Amanda Beckett, ambush bug. Wait, why do those last two have the initials AB? Uh, Jane dressed as chaplain was delightful. Larry and ambush bug together is just hilarious, especially with how it distresses, distresses Cliff. Love it all. Uh, Mike, thank you for mentioning G-Force from Battle of the Planets. Did you get their short-lived series from the image Top Cow back in 2002? It was pretty good, but hit the nostalgia buttons hard. Uh, no, I did not actually get that, because I think it was probably a blip on my radar, and I just never checked it out uh tim continues gosh that's all i said that doesn't sound like me let me see what i wrote reading oh hmm, ha 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 yeah uh well i better get back to my comic reading i'm up to my nostrils in superman new krypton how many issues do i have left counts jumping jehoshaphat as the kids say (laughs) (laughs) thank you tim thank you tim yeah no i um i i I think Battle of the Planets for me was just like a nostalgia answer uh, to fit in with the bird theme from that question of the week. Um, but I've never really gone back and revisited it or um, checked out what few comic appearances that they've had. But um, I remember being completely into it as a as a young kid, though. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Mm, awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we should uh, talk about what's coming up next. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to confess, I'm a little bit behind on my uh, DCOCD prep, so I'm probably going to need a few weeks before I get uh, the uh, the motivation up to cover Brightest Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you let uh, Dr. Heffenstefan know this? You know, he... uh, I have, yes. I you sent have? a message okay. to his uh, secretary. Right. Who we've cool. never mentioned before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know, he doesn't deal the bookings, uh, take the bookings directly, you know. Yeah, I, right. I just, I just assumed he had, you know, an office administrator somewhere. Anyway, I, I don't, I've never met the man. I wouldn't know how he runs his business. I'll just shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will probably come back with a waiting for doom next time, eh, Mike? And, uh, what are we looking at? Uh, we're going to have a slight break from volume five. We are going to look at, some amalgam comics because Ooh. believe it or not uh there was uh, some doom patrol type goodness in the big amalgam event uh that marvel and dc contributed to way back when when was that god i can't even i've gone completely blank i want to say 90s i would guess 98 around then yeah yeah late 90s yeah. basically 97 but for you young kids out there, <laughs> back in the late 90s, Marvel and DC combined uh, for a big event that became the Amalgam era of comics. Uh, so they combined a Marvel property and a DC property. So you had Dark Claw, for example, who was an amalgamation of Batman and Wolverine. And so we will be looking at a couple of issues featuring the X-Patrol, which is an amalgamation of the Doom Patrol and the X-Men. So yay, <laughs> that's going to be mm. something a bit weird. So yes, that'll that'll be coming up next time on Waiting for Doom. And Paul, do we have a question of the week for that next episode? We do, and the question is, what is your favourite decade of comics? So, ooh, mm. that's a tough one. Yeah. Wow. Do you like the old stuff? Do you like the oh. less old stuff, or do you like the new stuff? Ah. Oh. I like their old stuff better than their new stuff. No, uh, that's a song, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. You bastard. Uh, I mean, thank you for that excellent question, Paul. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you are most welcome, Mike. <laughs> yeah, but if you want to get in touch with us, you, well, of course, there's Twitter at WFDPod, email waitingfordoom.com at gmail.com and of course waitingfordoom.com where you can leave comments like Tim Price does every time and be cool like Tim and um, of course we're always wanting uh, iTunes reviews give yes. us an iTunes review get a postcard that's a, a cool deal oh, yes yeah. although that postcard supply is running out it, it is, is getting low it's getting low so yeah yeah yes anyway as always guys yes thanks for joining us stay weird be good to each other don't be a crumb bum and we'll catch you next time for more waiting for doom waiting for doom But I think that's all we've got time for today on Waiting for Doom. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next time. Do you want to do the contact detail stuff? No. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Good night. (laughs) No. Work it out yourselves. Um... (laughs)